moment. moment. Of clarity. Of clarity. Of clarity. What's happening, my people? Oh, it feels so good to be back. You have no idea. I think I said that last week. It feels good to be back. So I need to not repeat myself on all of these uh, radio shows and podcasts. It's your man, Stefan G. You are tuned in to another, another. You are tuned in to another, uh, another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promised Life Network. Moment of Clarity. And I got my man, Mike, back in the house. Yes. What's happening, man? <laughs> How's it going? I'm fantastic. How about you? Well, I'm good now. I've actually been looking forward to this. You and me both, my <laughs> friend. You and me both. We always talk, you know, not in person. Yeah. And we're like, we need to talk behind the mic. We need to talk behind the mic more often. <laughs> and so we're back. My man Mike is back. I Like I told you guys last week, we've made a huge change to Moment of Clarity. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of other things outside of just the radio show. But I'm glad to have Mike back. Um, I have two more co-hosts, uh, two young ladies that will be joining us on next week's show, uh, so you get to be introduced to them, and you'll just ride with us on this journey of what is the new and improved and amazing and outstanding and awesome and powerful and profound and magnificent and and life-changing. All right, let's not, let's not make Moment of Clarity God. <laughs> Episodes of Moment of Clarity. Um, but yeah, so how you been? I don't want to spend too much time uh, doing an introduction because I just made a Facebook post today about how I hate podcasts and spend the first 10 minutes introducing stuff. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I kind of so, hate that too, actually. I can't stand it. I'm listening to this show, this radio show, and every time I listen to it, I have to scroll 10 minutes to get by them thinking they're funny and introductions and stuff. So real quick, tell people how you are and how you've been, and I think I know how that's going to go. Um, yeah, I'm good. There you Can't go. complain. There you go. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the deep stuff. That's so, I- yeah, so... um. I want to talk today on today's show about the idea of acceptance. I've been watching spaces in society where we have developed this idea of what acceptance and equality is supposed to be. And especially in American society, we have developed this idea that we're just supposed to accept everything about everybody all the time, as long as here's the here's the caveat, quote unquote, you don't infringe on the rights of someone else. Right. Um, and and politically and as far as the law and constitution is concerned, absolutely. But as a society and morality, <laughs> well, you're talking about the culture. Yeah. yeah. As, as far as the culture is concerned, I think we sometimes can do a disservice oh, by I going. Agree. Yeah. By going way overboard on this whole acceptance thing by just accepting any and everything just because we believe we're supposed to accept any and everything. It's funny. I was actually thinking about this recently because we have certain issues going on in our society. And the more I think about it, the more I realize a lot of people want political answers. Yes. And I think most of this is in the culture. Yes. And, because, and we've blurred those lines of yeah. culture and politics so deeply yeah. these days um, that because we're supposed to be a free society. Right. And I understand that. But with freedom comes responsibility. Say that again. With freedom comes responsibility. Yes. And there's so many, and there's times where I'm like, 
we should have this freedom, but we're going to lose this freedom because as a society, we're not living up to our end of the bargain. Right. We're not being responsible for that freedom. Exactly. And that, and that rolls off even not just in politics and in American society, but in Christianity as yes. well. We as Christians have a freedom. You know what I'm saying? We have a freedom from mm-hmm. sin. We have a freedom from death. We have all of these freedoms, but with these freedoms come a level of responsibility. And yep. we, I also believe that we in Christian society might not be upholding our end of the bargain as far as the responsibility is concerned. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And this is a really deep subject it because <laughs> even in the Bible, this struggle was happening. Yeah. Because there's the struggle between grace, forgiveness, and then holy living right and growing you know repentance exactly the struggle between grace and repentance has been going on since the beginning of the church you just yeah. read the new testament you read the struggle between the judaizers and you know paul reaching out to the gentiles and it's it's, it's crazy it's a, it's a tough subject but it's one that needs to be talked about yeah so i and and this came up because i've talked to quite a few people here recently. And when I've spoken to them, they've been, you know, we've gotten to this conversation about sin and what is sin or what isn't sin. And some of them are clearly involved in sinful behavior as spelled out by the Bible. None of my own judgment. It is sinful behavior, but it to me, and this is something that we've talked about on the show before two things that the Christian society, Christian culture did wrong in America is we attached ourselves to two of the most horrible topics that we possibly could have attached ourselves. And we made them the divining line for whether you're a Christian or not. One of them is abortion and the other one is homosexuality. And so, but I look at those areas and I say, if sin is blanket, if sin is sin, regardless of what sin you do, if stealing a dollar out of the cash register sends you to hell in the same way that abortion or homosexuality sends you to hell, then they should be treated on the same playing field. And for some reason, we've decided to take homosexuality, for instance, and turn it into this death-defying, unbelievable, oh my God, most horrific sin in the world. Same thing with abortion, um, same thing with murder. You know what I'm saying? We've taken some of these and saying, these are above and beyond all. Now, as far as our society- Child pornography is another one. Child pornography, absolutely. And as far as our society and our culture is concerned, that's how we believe. But as far as the Bible is concerned, they're all the same, basically the same. And so um, this question came up within me because I'm thinking to myself, if we are to accept everyone, you know, and that's if I don't know if we are to accept everyone. But if we as Christians are to accept everyone and we'll talk about that question here today, if we as Christians are here to accept everyone, then how is it that we are so desperately not accepting these what American society we consider the worst of the worst, the child pornographers, the murderers, the abortioners, the things like that. How are we not accepting these worst of the worst if we are supposed to be the place of acceptance, the general uh, the general people of acceptance? Yeah, and it's a really interesting question, and I think that does happen. And then I also see the opposite happening where you have some churches out there, a lot in my opinion as well, that are doing the direct opposite, right. where they're just accepting everybody, everybody. And so you have to, it's, it's a line and that's why we're talking about it because right. we have to try to find that we line. We have to try to find the line. And so 
I asked the question, and I'm asking everybody who's listening today, please, you know, join in the conversation, comment on Facebook, go to thestephong.com, leave a comment there uh, under the uh, show notes and things like that. But I'm asking the question, where is the line of acceptance in Christianity? I personally have grown to believe that we are to accept people as people, right? And so um, we are to accept, because I think about how God accepted us. He accepted me when I was in my sin. Right. You know what I'm saying? He loved me when I was in my sin. He never turned his back on me when I was in my sin. And if you listen to this show, you know I was in a good deal of sin <laughs> over the course of my few years on this planet. Yeah. You know, I have you know practiced in quite a few of the check boxes that are considered sin. And so he accepted me in that. He brought me in in that. He in- embraced me, engulfed me. Who am I to not do the same for those other people who I can personally consider to be in sin. I can't proclaim their sin because I'm not the judge or the executioner, although I do have a position of judgment, but that's a whole nother show. Yeah, that's a totally different show. (laughs) Um, But who am I to not accept them when I have been accepted? Yeah, and this is a real issue. And sometimes I think maybe it's not as big of an issue that we think it is because it's the louder... Oh, it's always the louder voices that get the most attention. Right. Absolutely. So you have the, the Westboro Baptist Church, for instance. Oh, my God. They go God. and they, they protest the military funerals and they say, you know, they're going to hell because they're fighting for a country that yep. is. And unfortunately, there's such a small minority of the church, yet they're so loud right. that there's a lot of homosexuals out there who will never go to Christianity now because of that that small group. Right. Right. And so and and here's here's another area that I think is interesting. So let's use child pornography as as a as a base, right? I mean that yeah, and that's a good one because that's the that's one, the one everybody hates. It's just yeah, that's <laughs> the one you cannot be you, or yeah. you're the devil. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. If you're a pedophile, some kind of child pornographer, if you're luring young eight year olds into your house and all that kind yeah. of stuff, we're all against that. You know, <laughs> right? And so, you know, if I if I look at child pornography and I say, okay, this person is involved in some sort of sin. And we've also often been told to accept the sinner but not approve of the sin. Mm-hmm. How do I walk that line for as a Christian to accept this person in their sin and not give them the idea that I am approving of their sin? Or as some people would say, is it not my job to worry about their interpretation, but just to accept them anyway? And what does that acceptance look like? You're looking at me funny, Mike, but you're the person that's supposed to have the answers. Oh, for yeah, all of I these. am. That's, that's why you brought me on this yeah. show. I'm looking at you funny because I'm thinking. Yeah. And one thing that kind of crossed my mind is I think a lot of Christians do accept them. Not necessarily child pornographers, but let's go to like homosexuals. Child pornography is like, like you said, that's the one that's where we the all hate. You can't yeah. accept them at all. They they should die or something like that. <laughs> um, and that's and maybe that is a problem. But I, I think of like homosexuals or transgenders. A lot of Christians work with homosexuals. I do. They work with transgenders, and they do accept them in their daily life. They're probably friendly with them, without validating what they believe. Right. And so I think we just have to somehow transfer that 
to the church. Right. And what we do in the church, but that's difficult because if you, the way we frame things now, if you talk to someone who's a homosexual, it's almost become their identity in a way. You know what? And that's a good, that is a very good point because if your sexual orientation is what defines who you are. And I'm not saying that's true of all homosexuals. Right. I'm friends with some homosexuals. They're not like that. Right. But there is a group out there right now because of, I guess, the politics of the world today. Yeah, that's how they've defined themselves in a way. So when you're saying homosexuality is a sin, you're talking about the action. They don't see it that way. They see it as, no, you're talking about me. You're not accepting me. Right. And that's the line that I think that's where it gets bored. And and I think it's the same way with a lot of different, I mean, there's obviously every person, every individual, not only sins, but they have many different aspects to themselves. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're, you're hetero. Yes. I am hetero, but I'm also African-American. Yeah. I'm also tall because I'm <laughs> five foot 11. Yeah. Some people would not call that tall, but I'm calling it tall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also, you know, I, I, I run a marketing company. Yes. I work in radio. I have a child. So mm-hmm. that's another, you know, You're classification identifier. I'm a Christian, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's many different aspects to me that I personally do not allow one of them to define. Me. Right. What if we as Christians decided we're not going to do the same thing just because somebody is gay or somebody is a liar or somebody is a thief or somebody has had an abortion that we're not going to allow that to define who they are. Right. We're not going to allow that to enshroud them in their identity, even if they try to. That's the hard part. Even if they try to allow that to identify them as a person, we're going to love them out in all of their aspects of their life. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of gay people who have children, so that makes them a mother or makes them a father. Right. How? Why can't I identify with you as a mother or a father? Why can't I talk to you as a mother or a father as well as your sexual orientation? There's a lot of people who have had an abortion who have later had children. So right. you're still a mother or a father or you feel that grief or even somebody who's just going through something. Why do we have to... See, now we're talking about labels. Why do we have to put labels on people? And it's because... And this is a conversation we have a lot, but it's because we are in that time period where we are defined by the group we are in. Yeah. So. You're taking me back to the doggone book, Mike. We have, (laughs) we've been gone for over a year and we're still talking about this stinking book. If y'all don't know the book I'm talking about, it's called Pendulum and it's amazing and you should go get it. And they're not paying me to say that. (laughs) But we define ourselves by the group we're in. So. uh, you're not just a homosexual, you are a part of the homosexual community. Right, right. And that's where things are. So when you're like, you know, the Bible says you really should not be practicing homosexuality and a pastor says that, someone says, you're you're attacking my community. Right. And it's like, no, I'm not attacking, you're an individual. I'm right. not attacking you, I'm attacking this action. Right. And yes, you participate in the action and maybe you shouldn't, I'm not attacking you personally, mm-hmm. but way society is right now, our culture is that we can't separate that for yeah. some reason. And I, it's not just homosexuality. It's in so many other things. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to pull out homosexuality as if it's the dark sin 
because that's what Christians do. So it, it's an easy uh, identifier for Christians because that's the one that they like to harp on. But there's many different areas that we do this in our lives. Right. You know what I'm saying? And me personally, I would prefer whatever your sin is, because like I said, if we're talking about sin as a blanket, mm-hmm. I would prefer whatever your sin is for you to be close to me than to be close to the person that's going to uh, advise you to perpetuate your sin, that's going to advise you to continue in sin and develop sin and go right. forward in sin. I would rather you be close to me, the person who's going to love you, who's going to care for you, who's going to speak to you of truth and gospel and repentance of whatever your sin is. If your sin is just lying to your wife about how long you're at the bowling alley every week because you just don't feel like going home because you're stressed out and overwhelmed, I would rather you be closer to me, the person who's going to encourage you to talk to your wife about how stressed out and overwhelmed you are instead of lying to her every week so you can spend more time at the bowling alley. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I think... And it's funny how it does change over time because the one thing you used to be before homosexuality, and now it's kind of going to transgenderism, I right. noticed, but it used to be divorce. Yeah, divorce was huge. You couldn't, you. I mean, if you were divorced in certain churches. You had a red letter on your chest. Yeah. And that was it. I've heard a pastor here recently talk about how he was telling us how he told this person, because you have an, a, you've had a divorce, you're not going to be accepted by some people in Christianity because they still adhere to yeah. the ways of the 1950s. They're still kind of stuck in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they're not going to let you preach, even though you're an ordained minister in my church. Mm-hmm. The only way they'll let you preach is because they have a respect for me, and now you can preach up under me, and so da, da, da. And I'm like, this is crazy, man. Like, we are attaching identity labels to people and ostracizing them from the gospel, ostracizing them from the truth because of some identity label that we've placed on them. This has gone way outside of acceptance all of a sudden (laughs) and into it's all related. It really is acceptance because you're still talking about accepting people who have had a divorce. Right. And just to, and the issue is once again, where's the line? Here's another good one. People who have had a child out of wedlock. That used to be another one that yeah. was outrageous, like no way. If you had a child and you were not married, that was the end. Today well, remember, it's celebrated. <laughs> remember in the Bible, Mary was afraid <laughs> yeah. that she was going to be stoned Yeah, because they were going to think she had a child out of wedlock. I mean, that's how extreme yeah. it used to be. And But then to play devil's advocate, so to speak, I think there is an argument to the other way where talking about divorce, sometimes we're so accepting of divorce that I think too many people get divorced. Well, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I am going to go ahead and take a break here because I want to explore the other side of this coin. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about how much we should be accepting people. And we'll get further into that as well because I believe there's more there and I believe we as a culture, a Christian culture, should overall be more accepting. But there is a flip side to that that says, should we really be accepting some of the things that we're accepting? Like, it's almost like a which came first, the chicken or the egg kind Mm -hmm. of thing. You know what I'm saying? Are we accepting more now because we've just let the bar go so far that we can't help but accept some things? Or are we accepting things because we should be accepting more things? And this is just the evolution of of the mind of a Christian and so on and so forth. So when we come back from this break, we'll talk more about that and I'll let you elaborate a little bit on what you believe that flip side of that coin is, because I believe there's a lot there for us to explore. Moment of clarity, Stefan G. Be back. Share Christ more than privately in chit chats, or they'll be worshiping the ground where you live at. It's easy to get lost in the fame instead of hollow be that name, they're hollering your name. 
got a few Grammys on the shelf. Now you win it for yourself and following the game. Want to never miss an episode of Moment of Clarity? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or TuneIn. Moment of Clarity is your man, Stefan G. We are back. We are talking about acceptance and, and what acceptance is or isn't. And as Christians, who should or shouldn't be accepted? Um, I can say that we have allowed non-Christians to kind of build that um, byline for us or that headline because a lot of non-Christians have come in and said you're a Christian you're supposed to accept everybody Jesus has accepted yeah. everybody and then we as Christians have kind of bought into that that we're Christians we're supposed to accept everybody and Jesus mm-hmm. accepted everybody and so I personally am open to the idea of challenging that thought number one um, and then affirming that thought number two so I want to first say you know for those of you who are listening Please don't believe that we're picking on any one particular sin or another, except maybe child pornography. But, (laughs) um, you know, if you're a liar, we're not talking directly about you. If you're gay, we're not talking directly about you. I got lots of friends who are gay. Some of my favorite people are gay, actually. Yeah, me too, actually. Some heteros are just a real pain in the butt. Um, But we're not talking about any particular person or any particular sin that you might be in. We want to all be away from all sin. You know what I'm saying? So that there but i wanted to talk about a scripture that i read um and it was romans 15 and 7 i think it was um yeah romans 15 and 7 and let's use the new living translation just because you know we're we're progressive kind of people um romans 15 and 7 says therefore accept each other just as christ has accepted you so that god will be given glory now i haven't been able to figure out exactly what context He's saying this in, but right right now I'll just take the scripture out of context like most people do. And I'll say, see, we're supposed to accept everybody. Why? (laughs) Like most people do. (laughs) We're supposed to accept everybody. Why would there be any argument for us not being accepting? And you had a very interesting point on that, Mike. Well, yeah. And the flip side of that is if we're too accepting, does I mean, we talked about divorce. Right. Was the example. Right. And we talked about how we're a lot more accepting of divorce than we used to be. Absolutely. In the church. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Even though but, divorce is in the Bible, just like other things are in the yes. Bible. And there is an argument to be made that by accepting divorce as much as we have, now more people are getting divorced that shouldn't be. Right. Because the Bible does say you shouldn't get divorced. Absolutely. Jesus says he hates, you know, God hates divorce. Mm -hmm. But because we've kind of accepted it, more people think it's an okay option when maybe it shouldn't be. Right. It should be the last option. If an option at all. Right. Yeah. And I think there are definitely a lot of different, a lot of different examples of that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And so- I mean, I I was in on that boat. I have a divorce. I didn't want my divorce. My wife wanted my divorce. Um, I was vehemently against it. She didn't feel like she could be married any longer. Never comes to find out she never really wanted to be married, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, but 
I was vehemently against divorce because of what the scripture says, because I wanted to be that guy that stood in the gap for his family and his, and his marriage. And I wanted it to continue and to be fruitful and blah, blah, blah. Little did I know I was going to get a so much better a life on the other side right. of that. But in that space, you know, there is a place where we've begun to accept so many things that maybe if we didn't accept them, they would not be so prevalent in life. Is that what you're saying? They wouldn't yes. be so, so prevalent in society. Yes. And prevalent in the church. Right. Not just in society. I mean, the church is supposed to be separate. The word holy literally means set, you know, separate. set apart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Set apart. So the church is supposed to be a light to a society that accept things, but there is an argument to be made. And, you know, I was talking in the break, I read a book by a guy by the name of Todd Friel, mm-hmm. really, really interesting guy. It's called judge not, but he has the not crossed out. Right. And he goes through all these different examples of churches not judging enough. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how that's what happens. They're so wanting to just get people in the church right. and be accepted by society. The church sometimes wants Ooh, to be accepted by society and, so much that they they themselves accept too much. Right. And I think I think you hit something on the head there because as we're talking about acceptance, what if the issue isn't who we are accepting, but the issue is who we want to be accepted by? And yeah. so as a church, if we're going out trying to be accepted by a society who is outrageously going to reject us anyway because of who we are, what we stand for, what we yes. believe, what we're trying to impute into this society or what we're trying to inject in the society around us, they're in their DNA, they're going to reject us. But we're trying so hard to be accepted by the society. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) We're trying so hard to be accepted by this society that we then begin to accept things that we believe will help them accept us. We're like the person we're like the, the, as my wife would say, the nice guy who finishes last, you know, and he's only being a nice guy because he wants the girl to like him. And he's only saying all the right things because he wants the girl to like him. And he mm-hmm. ends up being this doormat that she walks all over and she calls him up whenever she needs a meal and she calls him up whenever she needs a ride somewhere. She yep. calls him up whenever she needs some money, but she's never going to date him. He ends up in the friend zone and you can see I'm getting a little passionate right now because you know how I feel about the friend zone. <laughs> We've definitely talked about that. But he ends up in the friend zone, but he's he's kind of done it to himself, mm-hmm. you know, because he, so what you're saying is the church is in America's friend zone? Basically, <laughs> basically the church is in the friend zone with America. And I, I, I don't have a problem looking back on us as a church and saying, maybe we've done this to ourselves. Maybe we've tried to be accepted by a society that we're not going to be accepted by. Instead of standing apart and being separated and, and being set apart for holy use, yeah. we've tried to be accepted by them, thinking that that'll make them become one of us. And it's diluted the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I kind of, I tend to lean that way in a lot of cases when I look around at the churches, because a lot of churches see it as, well, they're blessed because they're popular. Oh, don't get, come on, Mike, this is really what you're going to (laughs) do on your first day back. You're going to get me started on that. Okay. And the, but the Bible specifically says that you're blessed if you're persecuted, right. that you're blessed if you're rejected. Right. So the fact that some of these churches are popular mm-hmm. might be an example of why they are not blessed. Yeah. And that and a lot of times they're popular because they are very accepting. 
yeah. of the world around us. Maybe, I can maybe totally we see be. that. And the Bible specifically says the path towards um, what righteousness or yeah. the path towards heaven is narrow and narrow. hard to find. Mm-hmm. I always go back to that because I think about society and how sometimes when you're a Christian, you just don't blend into society. And then the Bible says, well, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. that's And it kind of gives me comfort in a way. But right. I, I look at this and I say, okay, so now I believe, you know, that we're on a two-way street and it's possible we're supposed to be going both directions. And what I mean when I say that is as a Christian, it is my job to open my arms to all of those around me, right? It is my job to love with impunity. I love everybody. I'm supposed to love everybody. I want to love everybody. I just genuinely, even though I don't necessarily like people, I love all of y'all. Y'all get on my nerves, but I love you. Yeah. And so it's, it's in me as a Christian to love all of those around me simply because I recognize where I come from. Yes. I recognize the life that I lived. I recognize the sin that I was in. I recognize, and even if you're somebody listening to this and you don't even believe in sin, we've all done bad things. You know what I'm saying? There's not many people who don't believe in bad. In bad, right. (laughs) So we've all done bad things and I recognize some of the bad things that I've done and some of the bad places that I've been. And because of that, I have a heart to help people not be involved in those bad things, right? So we'll say it like that. But then at the same time, it is also my, I don't want to say my job because I'm not a pastor, Mm -hmm. but it is also in my heart to speak the truth of the gospel, not your truth, but the truth of the gospel, not my truth, but the truth of the gospel. And it is in my heart to speak the truth of the gospel, however it leans. If it leans against you, I want to speak it. If it leans against me. I want to speak it, Mm -hmm. however it leans. And so when the Bible and the truth of the gospel goes in and starts calling out some of the bad, it's, it's in me to want to speak against the bad. Now, it's also my job to not be a hypocrite and speak not only against your bad, but speak also against my bad. And I think that's another place that we find a reason for the disparity in the word acceptance is because I'm speaking against your bad, but I'm not speaking against my bad. And so I believe it's up to me to love everybody with no regulation. I believe it's up to me to speak the truth of the gospel. And I believe it's up to me to eliminate the hypocrisy and speaking that truth of the gospel. That way, when I'm speaking to someone else who is involved in the bad, who's sinful, they can recognize, well, he's not just pointing out me because he's pointing out himself as well. Yeah. And what you're talking about is humility. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, and you know, I've noticed this. I didn't have a lot of that for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Because and that happens a lot too in some churches. I've known some people who they they get on fire about the gospel. They get on fire about the truth, like you said. But you but they lack humility, right? In certain situations, and you're not going to get people to the gospel without humility. Yeah, because and I also recognize that there are some things that we will become a part of because of the fallen world that we live in that might be sinful, that God will allow us to be a part of so that our conviction towards him will be that much stronger when we accept whatever that truth is. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? There's something to be said about the person who's been involved in something for a very long time, had no problem with it, 
then begin to recognize there's something wrong here, then begin to recognize they were doing something wrong, then begin to struggle with trying not to do that thing, and then begin to call out to God for his assistance and eventually became freed from whatever that thing is. And there's, there's a deep level of conviction there for not only helping others to be free, but there's a deep level of conviction there for the love of Christ who helped to free you from your lying, for the love of Christ who helped to fl- free you from your shame, from your sin, whatever that thing may be, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a <laughs> definitely a lot there. You kind of you covered it. So, And so now we have to go back to that specific example. How do we address that specific example? I, I would say the best way to do it is to, number one, love with no regulation. Yes. And, you know, there's a great example in the Bible of that, too, from Jesus himself. I think when he talks to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Yes. Because there were some who said he shouldn't even talk to her because she's a Samaritan. Mm -hmm. So that's a sinner. You you can't talk to her. Right. And it's it's some form of racism a little bit, too. It was when they said you can't talk to her because of her. Her But it was also what they believed. You can't talk to her. And he showed love by talking to her, but he never held back from the truth right. when he was talking to her. Exactly. And I think that's where the line is. He told her about living water, told her she could have eternal life, yep. told her about the truth, and but also called her out, said, yeah. you have been with a lot of men, you're living with someone who's not your husband, yeah. and never said these are right things. Right. But he still loved her and tried to get her to the truth. Yeah. And and I think that might be the space where we kind of screw it up. Yes. In Christianity is that we pick one or the other. We either love only and don't speak the truth mm-hmm. or we speak truth only, which comes across as condemnation because truth without grace, that's law. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so law is just, you know, law is just you can't you can't live under the law. There's no way out, you know. And so because we're doing one or the other, we're not able to reach the preponderance of people that we should be reaching. Yeah. So maybe anytime we're in a situation like that, we should think of, of course, Jesus is the answer. (laughs) So many, so many situations in my life, whether it's, it's something going on in the news or something in my life where I'm like, man, Jesus had the answer here. Jesus had the answer. (laughs) So much, but where we think of the woman at the well. Yeah. And we think this is this is how we approach it. Yeah. And and I want to encourage everyone listening to this, that if you're in those situations, even with the child pornographer, even with the pedophile, yeah. love without abandon, mm-hmm. because maybe that's the space that they're lacking. Maybe that's where the hole is that drove them to whatever that thing is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you find somebody who's just pompous and arrogant and mean and hateful and just heartless all the time, love without abandon. Love without abandon, because maybe that's the space that is empty in them that needs that thing and present them with the truth. You know what I'm saying? Whisper the truth into their ear in the same way the Holy Spirit whispers it into yours. And then, and I can't overemphasize this enough, and if you've listened this long, please pay attention to this part. Allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. Don't you try to do his job. Allow the Holy Spirit to do his job, because it's ultimately up to Christ and the Holy Spirit to convert the way somebody thinks and believes and feels in in their heart. 
It's not my job. I'm never going to convince you. It's like a Facebook debate. I'm never going to convince you at the end of the day that your sin is wrong. You know what I'm saying? We can use something as simple as masturbation. Masturbation is a huge, huge, huge issue among the world and America. And some people are on one side and some people are on the Mm -hmm. side. It's a sin. It's not a sin. Blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, if masturbation is a sin or if masturbation is not a sin, it's not up to me to proclaim that over you. It's up to the Holy Spirit to cultivate your heart, to speak to your heart, to speak into your mind, to pull you into a place wherever it is that the Holy Spirit wants you to be. Yeah. And that, I think, is a major part that we miss out on in Christianity. We think it's our job to preach to you enough, talk to you enough. You know, you don't want to be that person that every time I go to lunch with you, how's your jerking off going, Holmes? You know, like, I know you had this jerk off problem. I, I, I don't think I would <laughs> hang out with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who would? <laughs> Who would hang out with you if every time you talk to them, you're like, well, I, are you still living with your girlfriend? Because you know you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Like, nobody would do that. So don't be that person. Just don't be a jerk, okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't be a jerk. Yeah, we that doesn't work in 2018. <laughs> no, nope. you have to be a jerk in today's world, apparently. Yeah, listen, there's people making a whole lot of money off being jerks right now, too. A <sighs> whole lot of money. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, that'll be a different show. But anyway, so yeah, I think at the end of the day, when we talk about acceptance, it's a space where, yes, we should be accepting you for who you are. But who God made you is not encapsulated around what you do. And it's most specifically not encapsulated around your sin, whatever that sin is. Because for a long time, I lived in a space where I thought who I was was my sin. I thought who I was was my sexual immorality. You want to talk about sexual immorality? There's some gay people ain't got nothing on me, bro. (laughs) Like, for real. My heterosexual immorality was unbelievable. And so... I've heard stories. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so there's a space where we do not identify you as your sin. We don't identify who you are as what you do. That is performance-based Christianity, and that is something that I am completely against. Right. Because if who I am is based on what I do, then I can never do enough to be who God loves. Right. You know what I mean? And so as Christians, we are to love you no matter what and accept you no matter what and still speak truth to you when it comes up in truth. Like we said, Every time I talk to you, I don't want to talk about your jerk off problem. Or every time I talk to you, I don't want to talk about how you're living with your girlfriend and you shouldn't be or whatever it is. I will say this, though, and this is kind of going off another tangent on this subject, but I think it's important. I do think there is a standard for the leaders in the church. That is very true. You are absolutely correct. And, you know, Paul talks about that. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, He talks about it to Timothy when he wanted Timothy to be the next overseer of the church and he gives him instructions and he says, you know, the overseer should be these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think there does need to be a standard for the leadership. Not that you can't expect the leadership to be perfect. No, not at all. That's impossible. Right. But there is a standard, I think, for those who are leaders in the church that you know, if they're, they can't be, they can't be uh, committing adultery. No, if you're struggling with, yeah, if you're struggling with the opioid addiction, you can't lead the kids ministry. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, so there does need, and it doesn't even have to be that drastic, but there does need to be a standard for leadership in Christianity. Now I'll say this real quick for the people who are still listening. They obviously have time. 
So I'll <laughs> say this. Um, when you're speaking of the church, make sure you also break it out of the church building and into yeah. the church, the people, because I want you to be accepted by the church, the person, the church. I don't care if you're ever accepted by the building, the church. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't believe in the building, the church. I believe that a church might need a building to do some things, but the the creation, the the, the kingdom, creation, right, the kingdom of God. And so I want you to be accepted in the kingdom and I want you to be accepted in the people of the church and not the building of the church. And so with that said, those same leaders are not even just the leaders inside the buildings, but the leaders in the church, the kingdom. Right. They need to be upheld to a certain standard and they need to desire to adhere to a certain standard as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's um, where a lot of issues come as well for a lot of people. Yeah. So. And this idea that everybody's fallen, everybody's bad. We just let need to let people be people and it's okay. That, that's, that doesn't work like that because you are, you have the same standards that you have in your regular life that you have in your Christian life. So if you're not going to let the child pornographer run a daycare, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a good then point. you're not going to let the thief run the treasury department in the church. You know what I'm saying? And right. so we're also not going to let our Christian leaders or the people that we consider to be leaders in our faith to do the same thing. And we, as the, as the believers of the faith should also adhere not to do the same thing. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. Basically this show was about sin and not acceptance, but it was also about acceptance at the same time. Well, because I mean, of course it's going to be focused on sin because we're talking about, that's the one thing that inhibits our acceptance. A lot right. Of times, exactly. Is the sin. And this is like, we've talked about, this has been the struggle since the beginning of the church because the church was about grace. Yeah. And grace means forgiveness because recognizing that we're all sinners. Right. But the church was also about repentance. Yeah. And repentance literally means to turn around. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to turn around and follow Christ. Yeah. And if you follow Christ, there is going to be a change in how you act. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not following him. You're absolutely right. So, and that's why it, there's a lot. That's why we have to have conversations like this to figure out the balance of this. Yeah. Good to have you back, man. <laughs> it's been fun. Absolutely. Moment of Clarity, Stefan G. We will talk to you next week. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Catch you guys later.